Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Peanut. This is my guy, Roman, and this is the NFL Player Second X podcast, and we got a good one. I had to stop Roman because him and our guests, they've been trying to do the show before the show actually starts. So right now, I'm going to just read off some of this gentleman's stats. Played nine years in the NFL, made a name for himself as one of the greatest return men of all time. He is tied third all time in kick returns and touchdowns. He is one of only, or he, excuse me, he is one of five players in NFL history with 10,000 return yards. Two-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. At 5'8", he's got more nicknames than I don't know who. He's got the Human Torch, the Human Joystick, the X Factor. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dante Hall to the Let's show. Go. Appreciate it. Oh. Let's go. My yeah. personal favorite was the X Factor. So mine was the Human Joystick. I, I told you uh, my brother's a diehard fan of you, yours and all of Kansas City Chiefs. And so it was really awesome to see him really burst onto the scene out of yeah. nowhere. You had the the one where you just destroyed Denver Broncos with the kind of step back. I think that was on Al Wilson, too. Really hurt my man. Don't forget Delta O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. They, like, broke everybody <laughs> off. Yeah, and it was just great because uh, that was actually uh pass to the flat that you did that. But then... But you were very much so known for your return. That was on the, yeah. the Gatorade commercial. Was that the one on? I think you did something with a Gatorade I commercial. I did do a Gatorade commercial. Where you got it. And yeah, that was yep. the, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That was on the Gatorade commercial. I was just like, damn. So what was your favorite nickname? Human Joystick. It's, oh, there we go. Human See? Joystick. I came over with the X Factor, so that means a lot to me. Um, but Human Joystick is my favorite, even though I didn't come up with that. Mitch Otis, who has been like our longstanding play-by-play mm-hmm. uh, uh, analyst guy for the Chiefs, he kind of gave me that moniker, but I came up with the X Factor. So I love the X Factor because I gave, yeah. came up with it, but the human joystick was pretty, pretty cool too. And at the time he named me that, this was 2002, 03, I was an avid gamer. Yeah, okay. okay. Avid. <laughs> I've since re- retired the controls, picked up the, uh, the clubs, but at the time when he said I was a human joystick. Was and like, what was your yeah. game when you were gaming? Pretty much all the sports game, the typical NBA, yeah, 2K, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Madden, of course. Were you on Tiger Woods at that time, too? That's what got me in the golf. No, yeah, I was like, you had to be on Tiger Woods. I was at the time. Get that, get that back skin. The battery. Oh, yeah. I would use a battery yeah, and, and fill it up. <laughs> that's that actually what transitioned me from uh, a gamer into actually playing the game of golf was the Tiger Woods game. Oh, yeah. so All right, now, so your, your favorite nickname was now was the human joystick, yep. but how did you come up with the X Factor? Was it because people stopped punting it to you? Like, what was it? How did you become the X Factor? So, I actually, before I made it to the league, in high school, junior high, college, I dotted that I. I was a running back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Which com- I didn't know that until we started yep, doing I got converted to a wide receiver my second year in the NFL, uh, and they moved me to the X receiver. Uh-huh. During that second year, uh, uh, in the league, getting converted, we didn't have a really good year. And you guys know how it is. Mm-hmm. It's week 13. You know you're not going to the playoffs. You got to find a way to get through Someone, practice. Yeah, You got to yeah. find a way. So I just, you know, started messing around in practice. Like if I ever score a touchdown, I'm going to throw up the X, represent yeah. the X, you know, the yeah, X yeah. crew. Because, you know, we have friendly competitions, X's versus Z's and yeah, yeah. F's and all of that. So it was just something that started as a joke in practice and then carried over. For those that actually, don't know, the is this was the X, the Z, W and the V, F, Y. Those are just different positions for... uh, Slot. 
the slot Tied receivers. In. Yeah, exactly. and, 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 T, 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 I would yeah. also say this is that uh, the X receiver is the one that's on the ball, and you, exactly the weak side you, receiver is yeah. on the ball. Z, Z and, is and, off the ball, yeah. strong, on the strong side with yeah. the tight end. Right, yep. but the X receiver is usually bigger than you. Uh, you're you're <laughs> a, a small X. I, I would I would just, I would think that you you'd know. be a Z because they can move you off the ball, put you in motion, do some other things with well, you. So what the offense that we ran. Um, it was the offense that the greatest show on turf used, and yeah. as well as Don Carriel and um, the greatest show on turf during the San Diego days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yep. When they were the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. They were, with, uh, Kelly Winslow Sr., Dan yep. Fouts, Charlie, yeah, they were Charlie Joyner. Yep. That offense, as well as the greatest show on turf, was the offense that Dick Vermeer brought my second year with the Chiefs. Oh. And in that offense, yes, you can make it as a special teamer, but they were only carrying five, no more than six receivers. So even though you wasn't a starter, you had to be a backup and know all yeah. every position because yeah. they it was kind of they could enter uh, you know change you as far as receiver and the way we lined up and the mm -hmm. way we would get you guys is I would come in at the Z maybe right. but then we would shift and now I'm the Y right and 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 so forth so everything was interchangeable interchangeable you had to know every position so even though yes it's no even yeah, yeah, for yeah. The, the short guy uh, the big guy yeah. we ran short people plays when i was at the z <laughs> <laughs> i was like okay so you're one of five players with 10,000 yards when you said that i didn't know that that's a stat i've never heard and yeah. didn't realize and i'm so we were sitting here debating like so i played with devin uh hester hester devin hester Joshua Cribs, another goat. Uh, yeah, all he did was Cribs. Eric Metcalf. Yep. Wow. Uh, you played with Eric Metcalf. No, no, I didn't play with him. Oh, I'm just saying okay. I played. I played against those two. The got first you, two got that you, I named. Um, Eric Metcalf, yourself. I Brian know. Mitchell has to be Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell has, has to, to be. Oh, Brian Brian Mitchell has to be. I think yeah, he has he, the most. Yeah, like Brian fourteen thousand guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think I didn't he know. did he it the most. longest too. He did, he did it the longest. He did Shout it forever. out to Louisiana Raging Cajuns though. He a Raging Cajun. Is he? he? Has, yes. <laughs> yes. Lafayette. What's up? Represent. Y'all beat y'all beat us in two thousand. My my no, my freshman 90, year. It was ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. The only time they've ever beat us. Yeah. I was part of that team. Yes. But I was only a freshman, so. Jake DeLome. Jake Brandon DeLome, Stokely. yes. Yeah, he they, was mousing yes. everybody in that Stokely game. Was Stokely, yes. he was, yes. DeLome. I yes. didn't know that. Jake yep. and, yeah. Now, now, ask him what happened the following year. Oh, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't there then. I, I wasn't six there six then. 66 to nothing. Yeah, I wasn't there then. <laughs> but, was that, but that was at AM, right? Yeah. No, it was, was, it? It was in uh, Lafayette. It was in Lafayette, uh, okay. We came in 25th ranked team. You guys were unranked. Mm -hmm. We go in. We had all. We had about seven guys go pro off that team, and we still got beat. But look what happened. It was Jake DeLone before he was Jake DeLone. Yeah, yeah. Brandon yeah. Stokely before, before he was Brandon Stokely. Exactly. But these guys were really, really talented. So when I went there, they tried – so this is 99. That happened in 96. They tried to use that to recruit. It was like, we, we beat A&M back in 96. And I'm like – it's ninety nine, y'all. Like that was that was years ago. Yeah, ain't no, ain't nobody on that. That's all. That's all they got. I know, but it it didn't sway me to go there. That didn't. Sway How me did to you go end there. up? Uh, I didn't. I wasn't highly recruited out of college. Didn't nobody want me. I mean, I had the size. I had the grades. I still played the same. I was doing everything the same. But yeah, I just I flew under Crazy. the radar. And I didn't want to. Right down the street from A and M, I was in Clean. Okay. Or Clean Carpus Cove Temple. I was in that that area. Totally one of the radar. UT, uh, uh, and m SMU, Rice, wow. like UT, like none of them. Just I none just of flew, the Texas. School. No, that's crazy. That is crazy. North you know Texas. That. Yeah, I just flew under. Not the radar. even North Texas. Wow. Flew under, <laughs> flew under the radar. I flew so, under the radar. So when Peanut tells you those stats and those numbers, yep, yep. what does that do for you mentally, emotionally? Where does that allow? Or, or is this like you know what? It kind of just my career and I. I'm past no, no, it. no. I'm not jaded like that. Okay. I, um, when he said that, it was like, oh, wow, because I study the history of the game. Yeah. I'm very fortunate. I feel very fortunate every day in my life. I mm. love the game. Mm. I love sports in general. So to even be considered as one of five that you said in the history of this game, I immediately started thinking of all the greats before me. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Wow, only five? Only Yeah. So I understand history like that, and it just makes me really, really uh, appreciate it, to be honest, because I still watch the games every week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the games, as if I never played. Mm -hmm. Um I'm just an average sports fan, so. Who, 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 who are you the biggest fan of, like, right now? Currently. Yeah. Any I, sport or in football? Football. Football. 
probably Travis Kelsey. Now, I'm a little biased because I have a relationship with him off the field. Mm-hmm. And I just think a guy that's won two Super Bowl is who he is, yeah. how humble he is, yeah. how you can touch him, you can hang out with him. Like, mm-hmm. he's never felt like I'm bigger than you. You did your thing when you did your thing. No. So I'm a little biased in that regard. So my favorite player right now is probably Travis Kelsey. All right, how about sure. in all sports? All sports, LeBron James. Okay. The I goat, just think, huh? huh? Is he the GOAT? No, 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 no. He's not he's, the GOAT. Okay. He's on right. Mount Rushmore for sure. Okay. But he's right. not the GOAT. I got Jordan reserved for the GOAT. I, I respect LeBron that. is the close. Like, you go 1A, 1B. Okay. Yeah. Right? I for think sure. they're both number one. Mm-hmm. I just got LeBron at 1B just, just for, you know, sometimes like have that killer instinct all the time. It. He does have it. He just doesn't have it all the time. I'm you better go watch fan. game I'm six. Go watch game six versus Boston when he was in Miami. Mm-hmm. He has moments to where yeah. that dog will come out of him. Yeah. It's like, oh, give me that every time. And that's the only reason I give it to Jordan because Jordan gave it to you every, every time. single time. Yeah, to me that's the so. I, what I like about that though is the the dog. Like you had that dog in you in two thousand three. Yep, and that was that was my that was my rookie year. And for four straight weeks, it was just or that I wouldn't even say four straight weeks. I'd probably say that season because week in and week out, Sports Center top ten. Like you was always on there doing your thing. And like, what was your? I, I know what it's like being in the zone. I've been in the zone. You've been in the zone. We we've done that. Like. Talk us through what that 2003 season was like for you, because you you returned four consecutive returns, like, and that had never, yeah, never yeah. happened. And then you returned another one in the playoffs. Yep. You had so you had, and five. I should have had one week five versus yeah. Green Bay. If you go back and look at the Green Bay game, I had one. <laughs> Talk about they, never forgetting. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, I never forget because that would have broke the record that year. Yeah, and I got stuck on the record in week four, week five, returning four, and then return another one as you yeah. mentioned until the playoffs. But as you guys just alluded to, you've been in the zone. Mm-hmm. You know what helps you get to the zone. It's that constant work, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just comes to fruition. And I think it was a um, combination of a lot of things. Dick Vermeil, yeah. I don't know if you know this about him, he was the first special teams coach in the NFL. First one. So Man, I didn't know that. Exactly. Look it up. So with that mentality, he put an emphasis on special teams. Yeah. Like we would practice about 45 minutes a day. Obviously broken up, but it would be woven into the practice schedule. Yeah. About 45 minutes. So that was the emphasis. We put the work in. He brought in Frank Gans Senior, uh, Frank Gans Jr., who was Frank Gans Senior's son. So look up Frank Gans Senior, one of the great special team coaches, uh, military guy as well. Mm-hmm. You appreciate him and his story. But his son brought all of his successful schemes and and um, and uh, schematics with him from uh, when they were with St. Louis. You put all that together, and you had Coach Vermeil, who was actually drafting guys. To be special teamers. Yes, you have to be a, a legitimate backup, yeah. but you also have to be willing and able to play special teams. Yeah. I think that combination is what led to 03. I say that because of this. Once Dick Vermeer retired, he left. Herm Edward came in. It wasn't as much of an emphasis. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the personnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it looks like I tanked. Yeah. No. Yeah. We just don't have the same infrastructure, emphasis, yeah. And willing participants yeah. that we had in those years. Ah, so, so oh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. So I, I played, I played thirteen years. I played special teams my entire career, my entire career, and having been fortunate enough to block for Devin. The beautiful thing about special teams that I don't think people understand is. One, you have to want to be on special teams. Agreed. Agreed. You have to want to do it. Percent of it. Agreed. Yeah, you have to want to be there, and then you have to want to block. So we would be on special teams, and it it, it wouldn't be uncommon for someone who's like, "Yo, we got to get Devin in the end zone. Like he's close to breaking the record. He like the first one he ever returned his first game rookie. You know, first game ever. Everyone was like, "Okay, this kid's special." So the second time, it was like, "Look." Let's let's help him. Like he's got all the God given talent, but what we have to do is, all we need to do is just give him a crease. Exactly. And then he would come and like, yo, all I need just I just need a crease. Just give me a crease. Just block him. I'll figure out which way I need to go. But all I need you to do is just give me a crease. Let me ask you this: You said you wanted all thirteen years. The coaches have to come 
and encourage you, or did you go to them, or did you just accept it? Like, how did I that just go? I just accepted it? Like we said earlier, I was just a really good teammate. Like I knew mm -hmm. my role. I was I was a good teammate. I wasn't the star of the team. I I knew my role was like, yo, be the team guy. You need to do this. My leadership was all right. I don't have the great uh, Ray Lewis speech, yep. but go out here and do what I do. That was how I led, and I did that via special teams, even though I was a defensive starter my entire career. So they relied on me to go, hey, if a 13-year vet or this 10-year vet or this all-pro corner can do it, you can play special teams rookie. So I that was something that I did. And then – I just, I mean, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the blocking part no, of it. Like I, it and was, see, that's what was, I mean. I agree. So I I was Peanuts' team, teammate, and I watched him do this. And so he took great pride in being a gun, like not a gunner, but a, a block to block the gunner. block the gunner. The most oh, inclusive part. That's how you that's get how the you guy get going. The, yeah, that's how you get him going. And I at times tried to do it, and I was not good at it. You didn't so, want to. It sounds like you didn't so, want to do it. That's so I tried, like and, you, and it sounds, and, and you might be right, Dante, because I don't think I took enough pride in go. it early there in my career to like say, and maybe I didn't have an all-star return guy either that like makes you want to block more and encourages too. you. So I think it, in hearing both of you guys' perspective is really cool. Cause, oh, it goes hand in hand. Yeah, because I, I, I saw how much. It, I, I, agree. I never it is, heard that. It's a, like it's a marriage. I, I saw how like, much pride Peanut wrong. took like, in that. You're, I think you're, the, you and the five or, or you and the four other individuals with the 10,000-plus yards, phenomenal individuals. Like, I could not, I could never be what you and Devin and Josh and Mitchell, I could never be what y'all were. However, it's also kind of like uh, um, running backs. You can be a great running back, but you do need a little bit of line. Yes, I think you the, the yeah, you, and you the need line that. needs that running back to hit the proper hole, yeah. hit the proper football. That's why I love football. It's the ultimate team, team game. sport. For ultimate thousand percent. Like 1, it's no just put LeBron yeah. on there. Now we great. No, you have to be great from top to bottom. Yeah, and, um, I, that's why I said what I said. Like I honestly understand that. And that's why I think my 02 and 03 years were so great. We had that perfect marriage. Like, and you oh probably can attest to this too. Um, what's also important as a special teams coach is galvanizing that team, being able to go to a peanut Tillman and say, hey, I need you on special teams. Being able to get all 10 other guys to buy in. Yeah. Galvanizing, being able to galvanize your troops is also just as important as the schemes. Yes. All right. Now, tell me this. We've been talking about all these returns. You're 2003, <laughs> or 2002. Which one's your favorite return of all time? Ooh, that's tough. Mm. That's tough. I think the most important, by the way, it's not my favorite, okay. but the most important return is the one I had against Denver going side to side, yeah. return and went back. Yeah. That's the most important, not my favorite. One of my favorites is um, against Baltimore Ravens. It's just a regular season game. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was part of that four-week streak. But... This is my favorite because we were in a slugfest with Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's Priest Holmes, it's uh, Jamal Lewis, 10-10, fourth quarter ball game. Right. Slugfest, right? And uh, they had been stuffing me all day. I think prior to the fourth quarter, I maybe had 25 yards total okay. in return yards. And went it up. You know, it's hard. No one is scoring. It's one, one touchdown score for each team all day. And with about five minutes to go in the game, they stuffed us. But they were offsides. So I had to kick it off again. And then we took it to the house, ended up winning the game. That one for me, because that had a direct impact on winning yeah. a really tough game. And then considering the people who were on that field at the yeah. time. Hall of Fame was Hall of Fame. I could probably yeah. name about 10 Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this little that's bitty big. guy had an imprint along with the special team brothers on winning that game. That's probably my favorite because. You know, you got all your teammates, the vets, everyone. I'm still a young guy at the time. So you got all the vets like, man, thank you. You won the game for us. Way to go. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. I'll never forget that feel, feeling. One of my favorite games. It's good confidence boost. Now tell me, yes. I got another question for you. So at what point in your life and in your career did you realize that being a return man or your speed, your ability to make people miss in space, like that's your superpower? Was it in? Junior high, high school, college, because you did it all question. all years. That's a but great question. At every level, but at what point? Because we all realize something separates us. It like was you have to. It was once I got in the NFL. To be honest, 
Okay. Yes, I did it at all levels, but at each level, at some point, I became the starting running back. Oh, yeah. yeah. So unlike yeah. Hester, I think Hester was born to do it. Yeah. I think he's gifted. He, he had been he, doing it since high school, college. 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 He yeah. arrived at it. That was that's, what he, that he was his thing. Any, much of other things. Exactly. Far, he was like, exactly. that's what he did. But I actually yeah, was a starter by my sophomore year mm-hmm. in high school. Started all three years. In college, was starting at running back by my sophomore year. Mm. Got drafted as a return man slash running back. Didn't go well my rookie year. And then it was once I went to NFL Europe, yep. yeah. came back, and had Coach Ramirez actually set me down. It was the first time in the NFL where the guy set me down and was like, this is your role. This is yeah. how you're going to make the team. This is how you're going to contribute. It was at that point that I was like, this is how I'm going to make my way in my life in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Be right. a legitimate backup receiver. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a starter. But be, a leg- be legitimate enough to be able to go in, sub the guys, give them a breath, and you got to be able to uh, be a, uh, make an impact as a returner. But what did what did NFL Europe teach you though? Like, how did you feel at first when the, when the team said, "Yeah, we're going to see you to Europe"? Oh, I hated it because yeah. I didn't understand it. Right. So I hated it. I honestly thought Coach Vermeil was trying to, uh, in some kind of backdoor, under the table way, get you up out of get there. me up out of there. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly what I thought, but I. Once I got over there and understood the process, it's really a time for you to develop mm-hmm. in the offseason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pivotal for me. I think without NFL Europe, there is no X Factor human joystick because I got reps. Yeah. Right? Well, you wouldn't My get rookie, reps. Exactly. You My rookie year, reps. I'm third, fourth <laughs> as a running back. I'm too small, as you can see, yeah. to play running backs. So I'm getting no reps. I can't develop. I can't adjust to the, <clears> to, the <throat> to the speed. So going able and being able for the first time, start at wide receiver. Yeah. Now I'm in a groove when I go back to returning kicks. Mm. That's why I think Hess is special. Like, yeah. you're barely in the game, and you go out there just cold turkey, <laughs> take it to the house. <laughs> I need to be in a rhythm. I need a lather. Yeah, I need yeah. to feel the speed of the game. And That's now something no, of, most people never think about. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I know why I sucked the first two years. <laughs> I'm over there, cold hamstrings tight. Go take one to the house. I'm not in the floor of the game because of my history. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. always 20, 25 touches. As a running back, yeah. so now when I go back to return a kick, maybe third quarter, fourth quarter, sparingly, not the main guy, kind of shared it with guys. But when I go back to return one in college and high school, I'm in the groove. Yeah. I got the speed of the game. I know the flow of everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't have that my first few years. So going over, being able to develop as a receiver, good enough to get in the action of the game. Right. Now 02, 03, 04. Now... You got that groove. My, exactly. Yeah, you figured it out. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's big. That's big. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, probably we could arguably say without Europe, you probably wouldn't have made, you know, first off, let me say congratulations. I know you're making uh, the the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ring of Honor Hall of Fame. Thank you, uh, my, Thank you. my guy, my my pastor, my deacon over here, he <laughs> made the... Uh, the New Orleans Saints Hall of Fame. So shout out to both y'all. Big congratulations. congratulations, man. congratulations. That's, that's you, like... A, a, a huge honor in itself. I know you're getting inducted yeah. this fall. What was running through your mind? How did you feel? What was going on? How did you find out? Like, tell me everything when, you know, Mr. Mr. Hunt came yeah, to you yeah. and he presented you with that news. So I was actually golfing. Okay. I was here, golfing here in New York. Oh, we need, yeah, so we, on the golf course. We can go and talk about some more golf, I'm a, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Texas guy, so I recognize the 214. So yeah. I don't know if you know about the hunts. They come from Dallas. They're from Dallas. The Chiefs actually used to be the Dallas Texans. Mm-hmm. So they're real big in the Dallas community. So I see the 214, but I put zero context that that's Mr. Hunt. I just ignore the call. Hit my drive. And at this point, I'm playing pretty good too, Harper. I think I'm starting <laughs> off like three straight pars. I'm, oh, that's, I'm, oh, yeah. You yeah, play yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm golfing my ball. He was in the zone. <laughs> I was in the zone. So I get a voicemail. I'm waiting. So I check my voicemail. It's Mr. Hunt. So he was like, give me a call back. But it's very monotone. If you know Mr. Hunt, he's never way here. He's never here. Okay. Right there. Even kill. So e- very even kill. You cannot figure out, like, yeah. is this you a don't good know call? what he was. Yeah, is this a good is call? Because <laughs> 2023, met him in 2000. Yeah. And 23 years, I've never had a phone conversation with this man. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> see him often, all the time. It's always cordial, handshakes. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's all love. But I've never gotten a phone call. <laughs> yeah. This can go either way. Uh, you know how that is. This can go either way. This is like, damn, I feel like I'm yeah, in the principal's like, office. I'm, I'm immediately, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good right now. I've left all that stuff back in the past, but what have I done? All right, let me call, find out what it is. Long story short, short story long, 
he tells me um, that, yeah, they decided to uh, induct me in, into this year's Ring of Honor. I was excited. He says, you can't tell anybody just yet. So I put the phone down, and on my next shot, I had to drive. That ball went so far right. <laughs> I never found that ball again, Harvey. I was filled with so much excitement. Yeah. That ball was so far right. I couldn't focus anymore on golf. And um, I, can't I didn't tell you, anybody, but I, I went home and told my wife. Called, I, I can't believe you called him back <laughs> during the round. That's a good point. But it's Mr. Hunt. I had to find out. I couldn't focus either way. Like you was so, I need to know. Is this so good far or gone? bad? You yeah, were so far gone. I was gone. so far gone. But that's how I found out. Man. That's awesome though. Yeah, man. That's yeah, that's that's back this fall. So 90, let's let's go back. So this is this is this is kind of a full circle moment. Though. Okay. So 99, you're an AM. Yep. You're removed from the team. Uh RC Slocum, he removes you from the team. And then you're off the team, but yet R.C. Slocum makes some phone calls, does what he can to help you get drafted. You've now, done your homework, I see. A, 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 a <laughs> little bit. Homework. Again, I got a good team. We got a good team of people, so they they, they try to prepare us you know, to, to, to be right and do what we can do. And we want to tell the correct story. And we want to tell it correct. But if I'm getting it wrong, please okay. do tell me, Let brother. Let me hear your version. But you're removed from the team. He, he goes around. He talks, talks to all the coaches and things like that. Doesn't stain your name, but he's also praising it and, and trying to uplift you, right? We've all mm -hmm. been in college. We've all done dumb things. I know I have. I'm, I'll, I'll be the, the I'll be the first to admit it on the show. <laughs> I've done dumb things, right? But um, uh, but he helps you out, and you know that you end up getting drafted. Yep. So how did? And then you also end up getting inducted into their yep. Hall of Fame too. Talk about full circle. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> complete full circle. For somebody like me, that makes, circles. Circles. That makes year. zero sense. It makes, zero it makes sense. a lot of sense. So here's okay. the, your story is not wrong. It's just not complete. Okay. So complete you have to first circle. know this. The reason I even went to Texas and now my high school coach, the late great Bernard Simon, who's like the father I never had, mm -hmm. um, he went to Texas and now okay. played for R.C. Slocum. Oh. That's how I even ended up there. So they had a relationship. Yes. Okay. That's number one. You got to understand that. Yes, sir. Second thing is, why did I get kicked off? It was for something so silly, dumb, as you said, mm -hmm. stupid. Um, I had racked up some parking tickets. Um, he comes in to a team meeting, frustrated. They keep telling him he keeps parking, keeps parking here, racking up tickets. And um, I maybe had a little Napoleon uh, complex back then. So when he started to chastise me in front of the team, I took offense to that. Yeah. And kind of barked back, right? I forget what I said. I kind of blanked out, said some things. He was like, you're off the team. By the next day, my high school coach and my mom were at AM mm. in his office having a meeting. I was actually back on the team that day. Actually, the greatest thing, uh, definitely talking to um, NFL personnel, coaches, scouts, yeah. And letting them know, hey, he, he he's not a knucklehead. Yeah. He did a stupid thing. He's a great kid. Yeah. That definitely helped. But I think what helped equally or more importantly was by the next day, he allowed me to come right back on scholarship. And yeah. by being on scholarship, I could still work towards my degree. I could still mm -hmm. work out, use the facilities, yeah. Yeah. work out. Still, I'm just not on the team per Understood. se, yeah. but I'm still on scholarship. Oh. That helped me out because now I can still participate in pro day. Yeah. Now I can still go to the combine, use the facilities. And at the time, we had Mike Clark. Look him up. One of the greatest strength coaches ever in college. He got me right. So I killed it at the pro day. I killed it at the combine. So that next day after, when he put me back on scholarship, that was a domino effect that allowed me to, like I said, still be able to work towards. That's big. That's huge. That's huge, huge. that he, he saw that if you're in you. Because yeah. if I could. If he talks all this good talk, but I'm not able to work out, get ready for the combine. You still got to do it. I still got to go put the work in. You yeah. still got to so do it. So the most important thing was, yeah, you could still so use this. So what was my, I, I, just a, what was you driving? <laughs> I was driving. So <laughs> it better not have been a hoop. No, no, no. That was the issue. <laughs> I meant big body bins, 20s. Yeah. One of my best friends, his uncle was like a young uncle. He lived in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. He was a car guy. He he had a car detail. He was a businessman. Yeah. He's one of my best friends to this day. Yeah. I've known him over 30, 40 years. He used to have the brand new Cadillac Escalade when it came out. Brand new Benzes. 
I'm only an hour and a half away. He would let me take the escalator up one week, mm -hmm. take the bins up another week. So obviously these are gonna stand out. I was gonna yeah, say, most these, these guys are hiding these cars. I'm 18, seven, not even 18, I was uh, 18, 19 at the time. I, I don't understand how this works. You just yeah. flossing. I'm flossing, yes. Flossing. <laughs> I'm flossing, man, look at me, look at yeah. me. So, uh, yeah. it's okay. I, to be young and dumb. So, young so and dumb. if it uh. makes you feel any better, uh, I had a teammate of mine who got, like, he got booted up so many times because he was parking in the teacher's parking spot. And then he ended up, somehow or another, one of the teachers left their window down. He, like, took their parking pass and, like, ended up putting it in his car <sighs> and parking and got away with it for, like, a month and a half. And then they found him out. And then like he couldn't even have a car on campus for like, like eight months, like nothing. Wow. So he walking, and coaches on him bad. So I mean, these things happen. Now, <laughs> like, now, look, can I everybody's campus. I've never, have defend, I've never been able to defend myself. Please they always like to go yourself. on. The reason why I wasn't, it wasn't out of, I wasn't being malicious. Yeah. I wasn't being a spar brat, as coach like to say, and all of that. What it really was, and you guys can attest to this. I'm sure you guys had, if you were late to class, you had to go to some type of penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you run the tunnel. Class, run the tunnel. So we, we call it the breakfast club. Yeah. So if you were we on, the list for, on, and on the list for anything, mm -hmm. Friday morning, 6 a.m., 5 a.m. Oh, sorry. Like, you know, sled toes, all yeah. these crazy things. So they had me, and it was a huge campus, ginormous. Yeah. I heard and you got huge. 20 minutes to get to the, it's impossible to go from, you're because I was an agriculture uh, business major. You got the agriculture campus over here. Now you got to get all the way across. It's just impossible. It's impossible. You're going to be late. Like it's a scheduling conflict. So a lot of times I would just, I'd rather get a parking ticket than have to go to the breakfast club on Friday. Yeah. That was my thing. It seemed like I was sparring, driving big bands out of that. No, I'm trying to not end up on that list to have to run on, on, on Friday morning. So that was really- How much were the speeding ticket or the parking tickets? So at I, that time, I think cheap. I had racked up. Yeah, I mean, you're talking over a semester or a full year, maybe 800 bucks. But a nothing. ticket, but a ticket itself though, I know when I we Tw went, 25. it was like 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks. 15, it was 20 bucks. bucks. But I racked they, up. They, they, they racked up. up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in a minute. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now tell me this, because I, I want to know this as well. Um, you went through all that drama. You went through all those other things. I know how important your mom is. Yeah. Single mom raising yep, you yep, and your, yep. your two, a couple of your siblings. Yep. And so what did it mean, not only for her, but for the rest of your family when you got your name called to get drafted? After all of that, mm. after all of those things, you still getting your name called. Yeah, I mean, it was a great day. Um, it was a great day until I realized what my signing bonus was. But that day, <laughs> that day was great. I'm in the NFL. We reached my goal. Like you said, we overcame yeah. uh, being a little guy. We overcame yeah. a lot of loss in the family over those years. We overcame uh, a lot. Um, but it was just pure happiness. Had a huge watch party that day. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I didn't party. know because everybody yep. has their own feelings on yep. watch parties. Mom's invited a lot of people over. Okay. Uh, it was a great day. Yeah. Great day. Now, 
Or so actually sign that signing bonus. How much was the signing bonus? Can we do you like your rookie I mean, year? It was a rookie year. Right. Fifth round job. I, unlike you two guys, got that nice bag to start off with. Mine yeah, was a, it bag. said 100000 on paper. Oh, yeah, but, but when that, it arrived, it was fifty five. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do with $55,000? <laughs> <laughs> I came by my mama's house with 55000 It's still work to do. So elation, total joy, day of the draft. But soon after signing that contract, I was yeah. like, I still got to put some more work in. Yeah. I haven't made it. Even though I'm in the NFL, I still haven't made it. People don't realize, man, them taxes. And then, and then nobody realizes that, year, that first year. My, good, my great does. friend, Sylvester Morris, was my brother to this day. He was in my wedding. I was in his wedding. Um, he was a first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. So he signed for mm-hmm. like three-something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to an $800 apartment. He going to this big estate. We both drafted in NFL two different worlds. Yeah. Two different worlds. I didn't understand. I had no one in my family that made it that could have, you know, uh, 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 gave me a heads up on fifth round draft picks don't live the same as first round draft picks. For sure. Round. So it was a huge shot. Like, wow, I'm still poor. I'm in NFL, <laughs> but I'm still poor. Like, this is unreal, but it all worked out. 13 year career. Where were you? You were 10. You were 11. Okay. Got 11 nine. year. You had nine. Yeah. I played a long time and. I think I could have, I would have played until the wheels fall off because I love the game of football so much. You're the same way, you know. I knew when it was time for me to retire because one, I got injured, and you don't want to be a 34 year old corner with a with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, the majority of the time, people never retire the way they want to. Mm. Never. Very true. Um, it's either you know, I, I I look at the the Peyton Manning, Jerome Bettis, uh, Ray Lewis. They won that Super Bowl championship, and then they said, you know what? I'm done. I'm finna walk away. And I wish... Storybook ending. I, I'm I'm jealous to this day that I never got the storybook ending to walk away. I would have if we'd have won Super Bowl 50 in Denver. I or not Denver, too. not Denver, but uh, we played Denver. Played Denver. I would have, I promise you, I would have walked away Because that so was year, year what for you? That was year 13. Oh, Yeah. That, that was that, that was my tenth year. Yeah. I would have I would have walked away too. I'm like, dude, and because I was I was chasing I was chasing the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I go to Carolina in year 13. Rome and I we finally teammates and we killing it. We go to the Super Bowl and I we lose. You guys had it too. Oh, we were and I didn't favorite. even play we because I got have. injured like three weeks before that. I tore my ACL, so I was crushed. And I'm like, damn, that was like that was it for me. We gotta win a Super Bowl. So my last play is me actually getting injured, like running, and I tear my ACL. So I knew at that point my life, or not life, my career was over. At what point did you know it was time for you to retire? That's a great question. Um, it was a, actually a series of things. All when I once I went to uh, the at the time St. Louis Rams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that put retirement on my radar was they trade for me. The Rams did from the Chiefs. So I'm coming to be their returner savior, missing link. Going to the first game, I break out. Matter of fact, it was against Carolina. Mm-hmm. Panthers, I break out. Normally, this is a house call. Like I'm I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got caught from behind. Mm. It's the first time in my oh. career that mm. I legitimately got caught from behind. That's like, real. Caught. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking real. at you. You know how it is. Yeah. It's not the TV cut up. It's that, you know, the yeah, wide. The wide, the wide, the wide. Yeah. I'm looking like, oh, that's on me. I just got ran down. That's the first time. And this is year eight. Um, fourth year of my five-year contract that they took over. And so I have a fifth-year option, team option. Mm-hmm. That um, you know, they can decide they want to pay me. You know how those are. That's why they backload everything. Yeah. So at the I have to say that to say this. So I get caught. I'm in year eight. And I'm like, man, this ain't good. Maybe I can make it through one more year, finish out this contract, make this little money, and then I'll be good. Five games later, I have a high ankle sprain. So first time in eight years that I'm missing, I'm on IR. Seven years with the Chiefs, I think I missed three games due to injury. Mm-hmm. Only three in seven years. Here's year eight. I get ran down. I'm, I'm put on IR. I'm done. And so now, IR, and IR, right there, you don't designate to return. This is IR. This is like old school done. IR. Yeah. Old school IR. You on you're IR. done. You can go Engine home. reserve. Yeah, you are. You can yeah. leave. Do your yes. rehab wherever you want. Like, yes. you're not coming back. Once they designate you IR, you're done. Old yes. school. Yes. So I go back to Houston when I started playing 
the Tiger Woods game. Yep. I'm rehabbing, playing the Tiger Woods game for the first time. Picked up golf. Got to throw that in there. <laughs> second year, I mean, second year with the Rams, last year on my fifth-year deal, I'm like, oh, they brought me back. Okay, make this Gouda and, um, you know, ride it out, see what happens. I injured my other ankle, high ankle sprain on the right, or IR again. Mm. That, along with having played at Arrowhead Stadium, if you know anything about Arrowhead, I know you mm -hmm. guys do, you can't go from there to playing in the stadium I was playing with the Rams. So injuries, fulfilled my contract, and just lost my love for playing the game mm -hmm. because it was such a difference playing in Arrowhead than playing with a franchise that's on its way out. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Stadium had feel. We're losing. That combination, I was like, I'm done. I don't owe anybody any money. Yeah. I fulfilled my contract. My body is telling me it's time to go, yeah. and I'm not having fun. Yeah. It was a series of those things that when I completed that fifth year. A series I'm, of unfortunate events. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if I'm still at Arrowhead, or if I'm on a winning team, or if I'm happy yeah. and not injured, I could have definitely played probably two, two, two more at least. Yeah, for sure. Even though I wasn't as fast, I still <clears> had the, uh, the the ball skill. I still had the vision. I had everything. Mm -hmm. I could still go lead the, you know, be top five, top ten in the league. Maybe not, maybe not one of the greatest. But I saw um, Brian Mitchell do it for fourteen. Yeah, yeah I know. He wasn't That's the fastest. He did, no. Not so, at all. But he had all the other intangibles. And I had those minus the speed. So, yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, ooh, I probably should have got two or three more years in. But those were the things that, that drove so, me out. So, as your emotions kind of change, you you talked about you picking up golf a little bit. Yeah. All right. What was your, like, what was the first time you, like, hit it and you were like, man, this is it for me? Because most times we remember when we get that, that well, first what got itch it for, what got me was into golf. I was kind of becoming really good on the EA Tiger Woods mm -hmm. game, uh -huh. and then I went out to try to do it and yeah. could not do. It. I looked so the first time I felt unathletic in my life. Right, that's what hooked me. It wasn't a good shot. It was the fact I couldn't get that little white ball off the ground. Yeah. It wasn't moving. Like, come on now, that's a trick. That's a trick. What's going on? How do you do this? Hooked from that point on. That's what's up. So we now. I think you're kind of like me in the sense of what what I am to the Chicago Bears. Like, you know, the, the team, they bring me in. I, I still hang around the yep. facility every so often. I'm not there all the time, but they they want me around. I'm kind of like the unspoken ambassador. ambassador. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, I'm like the unspoken ambassador uh, for the team. I know you're the same way in New Orleans whenever you go there, you mm -hmm. and your your black jackets. Yeah, thank you. Um, that but, is a Hall of Fame jacket. Yeah, it is a Hall of Fame to. jacket. What What has that experience been like for you? It's been amazing because uh, when I first retired, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the regime that they had in there just was not about mm -hmm. including past guys. But this Andy Reid, Brett Veach, Mark Donovan, um, Clark Hunt, this regime, um, they have a very well-established, awesome, amazing ambassador program. Mm -hmm. You have to be vetted. Um, you you have to be, you know, a pillar in the community. It's like when you were a player, you can't um, embarrass the team or you're not mm -hmm. an ambassador anymore. Yeah. It's legit. We even get Super Bowl rings. When they win, we win. They're ambassadors. Nice. If you're yeah. an ambassador, not just a former player with a big name. So you got two rings? I got two rings. Oh my god! I got two rings. Oh my god! What the <laughs> duh! I want to ring. That's oh my. Tell Chicago to pick that oh game up. <laughs> now, Are ambassador, you serious? Do you guys have an ambassador program with the Chicago Bears? Like legit? Like vet it? You go out? You raise money? No, you have to, no. You got You can do that. Oh my god! So our ambassador program, we we've take the notes, people. <laughs> take down some we notes. didn't earn it on the field, but we earn it off no, the field. No, no. I one thousand percent you earned it. So Rome always gives me. Can I curse? Uh, Rome always gives me <laughs> because I don't have a Super Bowl ring. And I chased one for 13 you did. years. I probably would have won like, the second one if you weren't on the team. I truly I, believe that. And if you could have blocked that A&M guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> somebody somebody could have blocked it. I, and I'm not, I'm not blowing, my, blowing smoke up or pumping me up, but I, I think if, if I could have played in the Super Bowl, if I could have played in Super Bowl 50. You definitely would have made a play. I, I think that could have been, I think that could have been a deciding, not a deciding factor, but I think I could have had an, some impact, impact. I would agree. on the game itself. I would agree with that. But I'm always, oh my God, you just, I'm just so I'm happy now. for you. I'm Thank happy you, for you too. I'm very happy. Working to the club. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh happy my God. for you. That's I'm awesome. so happy. For yeah, I mean, you need to talk to Chicago about that ambassador program. Oh my this God. It's a great way to stay involved and you do great things, man. 
Now, Chicago does have to win the Super Bowl for you to get one. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's got two, bro. I ain't got nothing. You got one. I have nothing. Oh, my God. All right, so you stand over in the corner now. Okay. Let us us champions talk. So So the last guy had a ring. (laughs) I I, I go 13 years, and I walk away with nothing. Yeah, yeah, stay over there. No hardware. Stay over there, please. I should have wore it. I know. You should have. Came from the beast, not the crib. You know I mean? Uh, tell me this. Tell me this, though. So you almost got back into coaching at one point. I did. I thought that was my segue. Yeah. So um, talk to, talk us through that, because that's what I, I so read So actually, about. I knew, I told you guys at the beginning of the show. Because you seem like you're really enjoying what you're doing now. Yes. Yeah. By happenstance, I fell into what I'm doing now. Okay. But in the beginning, my master plan, my segue, my second act, I wanted to first be an agent. Okay. Okay. Been agent. You're yeah. the first player I've heard say. I want to actually be a sports agent. Okay. Um, that's a whole plethora of reasons why and all of that. But I wanted a way to stay involved with the game. Yes. I know I didn't want to be an NFL coach or a college coach because I knew the what time. that meant. And I also knew at the time I was getting serious. My wife now, but my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to start a family. Okay. I uh, come from a great family when I was young. As I got older, the family kind of dissipated, as they all do in this day and time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was—I felt like the NFL had gave me everything. The only thing I was lacking was that cohesive, tight-knit family like I grew up with when I was uh-huh, young. Yeah. So for me, coaching at the NFL or collegiate level was out because I knew how that would dictate family life. Yeah. So I was like, what's the way I can stay involved, help players, give back, but be on my own time. Sports agent was what I came up with. And I actually liked the lifestyle. I don't mind traveling and reaching out to guys and having to watch a ton of film and yada, yada, yada. That was my segue. The year I go in, I actually had an internship in L.A. I'm out in L.A. I'm interning. This was 2010, I believe. That's the year they changed. You can no longer have runners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to have. You, you got to actually have practice law for two years yeah, yeah, or yeah. be a lawyer and these kind of things. You got to yeah. pass the test. Yeah. But passing the test was no problem. It was the fact they put in the new you had to um, actually have a law degree mm-hmm. or have been practicing law for two years. Look that up. That, so that took me off of that segue. And I was like, okay, maybe high school coaching. Because I mentioned earlier, one of the most important people in my life was my high school coach mm-hmm. at a uh, fork in the road in my young life back in high school. When I was really starting to get into some trouble, running with the wrong guys, he intervened. Not about with his words. He let me live in his house for a little bit. Yeah. And if you guys are family guys now. Yeah. You bringing some stranger into your home with your wife and your kids. So as I got older and realized what he did for me, you 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 appreciate you appreciate even more. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to fall in his footsteps because mm-hmm. money at the time wasn't an issue. I didn't need to chase a dollar. I wanted to make an impact, stay close to sports. So I'm in LA. Can't do the um um. I could, but that. I didn't have time to go to law school and do all that at that point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe I can go make an impact being a high school coach. So I actually went and I coached high school football for one year in Long Beach, uh, Cal- uh, Long Beach California at, at St. Anthony's. Yep. Realized right then and there, I am not cut out for this. These damn kids, <laughs> they don't listen. They think they know it all. Uh, like Social media got them thinking they better than what they are. Like all these elements, I'm like, nah, I'm going to be done. Choke one of these little kids out, man. That don't, and these high school I, coaches that's trying to. I didn't think, yeah, I, I didn't think I did not, that, that took a turn. I didn't <laughs> think that was, did not think he was going to say that. He's like, oh, these damn kids. Totally they don't listen like, you, I don't know if you work with younger kids. It's tough, man. It's a different, it's a different oh, no, I feel you. from my kids, how we grew up. Think I'm or my kids' friends like man, your dad's mean. It's like I'm not mean. I just demand respect. You, you're, yes, you gonna get it too though. Yes, you you it, gonna get it as it, your kids get it's older. It's funny though because my dad was a high school coach, and as I went through high school and went <clears> to college, <throat> I would ask them all. I'm like, Dad, like, how did you coach in high school, man? Like, number one, these kids aren't that good. They then so like you're probably more frustrated and like and you trying to get these things out and all you're trying to do is coach and teach them and like they don't really listen. It's like, I'm like, how do you do high school? High school seems so tough. Yeah. And he was like, really, the joy comes when you get a kid that can't do anything and then by like after two or three years you working with this kid, he can backpedal. He can go out there and tackle people. He can like do all the I little things. And like, that. and you poured all that into him because when he showed up here, he had nothing. Right. And now he's got a couple tools. Yep, yep. He can go out there and take out there. He can get through a couple plays or a series. He's like, that's what you take more pride in. That's like the real wins. And I was like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never do that. And it takes a special <laughs> man. This is also what right. I, yeah. you got to be a special man. I, I realized quickly, that. I'm not, I was not that, you're not that dude. I'm not that guy. I know I'm, I'm special not. in another way. This yeah. is not my land. I appreciate your father, my high school coach. And then I went back to Texas A&M because um, they had a, a program to where uh, if you did some coaching, um, it was a coaching program to where you could coach for the team. It's kind of like an intern, yeah. uh, what do they call it, GA, graduate yeah, assistant, yeah. and finish your degree. Yes. So I went back and worked with, this is when Johnny Menzel was there. Yeah, hot um, times. Yeah, but yeah, big times. Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, doing that era. So went back, did that for a semester, finished Kevin my Sumler degree. Kevin, yeah. Kevin Sumler brought yeah. me in, yeah, great yeah. dude, brought me in. And uh, I did that for a semester, finished my degree. And I just knew from those two experiences, coaching was not for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh. The deterrent for me was all of this at this time, this is 2012-2013, um, I'm also getting serious with my wife. No, I'm mm -hmm. going to get married, want to have a family. We're deciding because I'm from Texas. She's from the East Coast. Where, where are we going to live? Yeah, where are we going to be? Now I'm having to start to make some real decisions. Yeah. Okay, where's my life going to go now? It's not just about me anymore. So the deterrent for me was not the traveling, recruiting mm -hmm. hours. Mm -hmm. It was this is going to take away from what you really from what I'm really trying to build yeah. and grow yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. That was my deterrent. So you, you mentioned earlier about um, – your your coach in high school. What was his name? Bernice Simon. Simon. Coach yep. Simon. Yep. Um he'd be on your Mount Rushmore because he was like he played a pivotal role oh, in your yeah. life and just everything he taught you, instilled in you and just uh molded you and helped you and you know, just kind of guided you in that in that way. More so off the field. Yeah, right. He he was just teaching you how to be a man. Yes. Like this one thousand percent. He was percent. Who do you put else or who else is on that Mount Rushmore Ooh. with you? Or with him, excuse me. Oh, that's a great question. Obviously, moms. Yeah. So you got moms, coach, and then my wife, because she's the one that's given me probably through our kids and just being rock solid as she is, purpose after football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I struggled with that after football for about yeah. a year or two, trying to find purpose. Yeah. So I go moms, burners, wife, and then can I put my can I just mold my kids yeah, into one and put them up there? Okay. That would be my four. Why would your kids be up there? The wife and the kids that kind of go hand in hand, purpose. I think the hard for me, I can't speak for everyone. I for think sure, a man. lot of times people get depressed, mm -hmm. talking former athletes, and have troubles after football because you 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 play at such a high level. You have Sundays. Mm -hmm. It's like the height of your life. You've been striving and working for this all your life. Mm -hmm. You get there, you plateau. Now what? It's nothing else out there that can really um, give you that feeling and that sensation that playing on Sundays. So. I think people struggle when you don't find something that gives you that same sensation, that same feeling, mm -hmm. that same something to work for. So another pivotal crossroads in my life was, you know, after football, searching, what's next, mm -hmm. what am I going to do? My wife being rock solid, having our kids, I immediately was able to regroup, find a new sense of purpose, and now all of a sudden I can go and be successful in other areas of my life because I have purpose. Yeah. I think people lose Purpose. Now, some people have kids when they're in the league. Yeah. By the time you're out of the league, they're grown. So you, the purpose of raising them up is, is it left you, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have to find something else. You you may be even an empty nester, depending on how yeah. how young you were when you had the kids. So for me, my kids are seven, five, and four. I'm in the trenches, oh, boots yeah. on the ground, you in like the me, field, you right? Like and this ain't so. This is my purpose. Yeah. To where you know I don't know how. Your kids. 17, 15, 14, yeah, so you 10. Almost empty, you almost you, you, <laughs> yeah, about yeah. to be an empty nester. <laughs> yeah. So you, your purpose may be a little different, but for me, that was that's why I put those four. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about know. purpose and uh, the excitement that, you know, your family, your kids, all those things give you. Uh, my big question is, uh, what was the biggest thrill for you? Is it returning a punt for a touchdown or a kickoff for a touchdown? I think I know. I think I know, too. But I want to hear what you said. A punt. Okay, I, that's what I would have guessed. That's what I would guessed. Punts are more difficult. It's harder to do. I no, think, no, 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 I, I no, think no, kickoffs. No, no, no. So I, I think, think punts are harder. No. So harder I think, to catch. Harder to catch? Well, they're harder to catch. Easier to return. Uh, yes, because it's really? more space. It's more space, and you can like, break it up. Easier to catch, easier harder to, to return. Yeah, and I, I think I've heard people say the kickoffs are harder, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Harder to do it. Well, everybody's running at you a lot faster speed. Same lane. Every, same they don't break their lane. And you don't, you don't. You can get caught slipping a lot easier on kickoff than you can on punt. Just think of it like this. 
as a blocker. Think of it like okay. this: as a or a cover man. Okay. Let's think. You're a cover. You're a cover, a cover guy. guy. Think mm -hmm. of it as a cover guy. Would you rather run sixty yards head start with a guy running reverse, trying to catch you running at top speed, or would you have to first block a guy? Make sure he doesn't block this kick, and now you have to get out of yeah. release. Right. Everybody's and he's in your levels. hip the whole time. So, yeah. so as a cover man, what's harder? C covering a punt. Yeah. Right? I just, it is. I just, I don't know. I just, I just think, yeah. Well, I'm, just, I'm telling you. <laughs> I tell you what I think. I'm telling you what I know, Pino. I'm, I'm telling you what I know. It's easier to take a punt. Watch this. The GOAT. How many kick returns does Hester have versus how many punt returns? I don't. I know. Okay. When you look it up, you have your answer on, on what's easier. You have your answer. I think I think Cribs is the one with the most kickoff exactly. returns, right? Well, look how he, yeah, but he coming Cribs, through like that. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He is. He was big, big, strong, 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 straight line vision, speed. straight line speed. So that's gonna work for a kick return. Yes. A little guy like me, I need space. Yes. Space and you get more space returning a punt yeah. than you do with a kickoff. Because you, punt, you get here, you take one step to the right, you got like three people go that and way. And it's just the guys, the, they fall out of their lanes a lot yeah. easier on punts, trying right. to block, prevent a, a block kick. Yeah. Some kind of way, they just somehow, for whatever reason, they leave their lanes, <laughs> they follow color. Yeah. For they sure. do all these technical they, things you things don't you're supposed not supposed to do. To do. Yeah. They do it on punt returns. And not kickoffs. And what following color is for those that don't know is it means I see a, teammate. my teammates in front of me in one lane to the right. What I'm supposed to do is say because you have lanes, so you got one, two, three lanes as you kind of block and release. One being the widest, three being the most inside. Yep. And so once you see somebody in lane one because they've already got out in their release, you should go lane two. Exactly. And then you go to lane three. And then all of a sudden, you don't want. Three guys in lane no, one. You don't yeah. want that, but all of a sudden, somebody like Dante Hall starts going, stretching you going to those sidelines. So, guy in lane three is going to start to go towards lane two and one. And then all of a sudden, the cutback happens. Exactly. And now you got a home run. Now you, you got a problem. Right. Now you got a problem. <laughs> all I'm that saying is what how you get to see that. <laughs> that is what happens. Forget what y'all talking about. I think punts. I'm, I'm sticking to my okay. guns. I, okay. I, I think punts. I. I've tried to return a punt. I thought the punt was hard. I was just like, to yeah, catch. I, it's so hard. To it's catch. hard to catch, but it was still hard to return. I was just like, it wasn't because you're so concerned with catching it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I can't. This these punt returns are hard. I was just at a golf tournament uh, down at the Senior Bowl, uh, Dante. You would appreciate this. And so to get a mulligan on a hole uh, for the whole team, they had to catch a punt from like 50 yards away. And so Couldn't watching people on my team try Hilarious. to catch a punt. They don't understand the nose of the ball. And the rotation of the ball. And the whole it drops. The is whole it spinning? Thing. Is it's, it not spinning? I don't think. Is it wind? Is it, yeah. is it a spiral? It, most people, it came out of a jugs machine, so at least it was spiraling. That's, but, that's but too it, easy. Too for easy. you, it's easy. For those that do not catch punts, even myself was like, <laughs> all right, be ready, Rome. Do not embarrass yourself out here because you're the only one with football experience. So I did catch mine. Um, but it, it is all about the nose and yep. the tip of the ball. It, it's, uh, it's I don't think people understand. Yeah. And you got to bet a thousand. That's the thing as a punt returner. That's true, you too. You got to bet a thousand. You muff a punt, that's probably going to lead to immediate points. Yeah. <laughs> immediate. You, you off the team quick. You do that a couple times. Yep. Well, look, man, just thank you for coming in. You know, I, I know you did us a favor and, and, you know, I know you're on family vacation right now, but you drove down from yep, Jersey. Yep. But uh, hopefully we paid for the parking. For you and I mean, uh, nice ride over. Yeah. <laughs> Pay for the parking. I see what you did there. You try to hit me with a little below the belt. Well, we paid for the parking. <laughs> well, I, I know this, man. Dante, number one, I'm gonna get your number. Yeah, I wanna man. play some golf. Let's do it. Let's All do right? it. I wanna play some golf, especially uh as I'll be traveling uh, in my other job. I know you say I'm a little hard on your your yeah, alma man. mater. We expect them all to pick it up a little bit. They in the SEC now. Yeah, so I think Fisher did a great job hiring um, offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, uh, Petrino. Yeah, Petrino. Petrino. Yeah. We're gonna we see. Just keep him from leaving. You know, we, we go keep his nose clean. <laughs> we might be all right. Keep him off the motorcycles. <laughs> that too. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole that's another. That's another. But another what I do want to do is before we get, out, I want to thank all of our listeners as always uh, for always tuning in. Give us a rating, a review, five stars. Whether you listen on. Apple Podcasts or iHeartRadio, please, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Continue to tune in. This is the NFL Player Second Acts. We have more guests like Dante who come on, show it, show it real, 
And uh, man, this is great stories, man. We're all fans of each other. Yes. In so exactly. different ways that I don't think you get this in any other segment where or, or system or That's sit why down I like this podcast. Where it's like, man, I'm such a fan of yours. Then you come in like, dude, I I'm coming off a of vacation because I'm mutual fan of y'all. respect. I think yeah, so. That's why I was willing yeah. to drive out. I respect what you guys yeah, did. Man, in I the appreciate league. it. You know what? Yeah. Thank you You're, so much. I, I, and I get to I get really, away from really. the family for a little bit. That helps too. That helps. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, it's late now. That's it's still on record. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> we can edit that out. No, right real now. talk, yeah, I came yeah. out of sheer respect for both of you guys. Thank you, man. Sure. Appreciate we it. We appreciate that. Yeah. Right, I'm Peanut. This the pastor. That's the X Factor. We out. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.